Hello, it's Zoe, and welcome or welcome back to the Mischief Movement podcast, your weekly inspo for people looking for more hell yeah in their life. Consider this your one-way ticket out of midlife mediocrity towards fun and positive impact via playful disruption. Wouldn't you love to wake up and feel like a total badass? How about breaking some rules, throwing two fingers up to society and doing more of the things you love? I'm talking full-on freedom, adventure, and those meaningful connections I know you've been craving. Stop waiting for your amazing life to happen and go get it. I'll be picking the brains of some true game changers and mischief makers so I can share what I find and hopefully inspire you to shake things up, do more of what makes you feel alive, and boldly rebel against the ordinary. I've no idea what I'm doing, to be honest, but I've got a mission and I'm here to start a movement. It's going to be quite the adventure. Care to join me? Okay, here goes. Hello again. This week, you've got me. I know, I know, it's such a come down after last week's fun-filled episode with Max, which is an absolute must-listen if you haven't tuned in yet. In fact, this episode was inspired by that very conversation because among the many, many topics we covered... Um, he happened to bring up mistake making and it just really got me thinking about this. So uh, he said, 90%, if not more, of my designs are nonsense. They do fail and it's okay to make mistakes. So, you know, this got me thinking a lot about how we often frame mistakes as failures, which then go on to really scare us. You know, we build these things up into, into these huge roadblocks that we must avoid at all costs. But the problem with the fear of failure is that you just end up holding yourself back from ever starting. I know that I have definitely been in this boat, right? So this episode, I thought we'd have a little little chat about that. The, the fine art of making mistakes uh, or learning to fail forward, as I've heard it called, and letting go of the idea that if we're high achievers, a mistake means a failure. I come to this episode armed with a thought-provoking quote, (laughs) a brilliant podcast, sorry, no, I mean another brilliant podcast, it's not this one, Uh, a few shining examples of very successful people who made many mistakes before reaching their goals, and several ways that you can challenge your own ideas about failing or, frankly, fucking things up. Let's start with that quote I mentioned because it came up recently on a podcast I dip in and out of by Marie Forleo. And she was interviewing uh, author Laura Bell Gray about writing her book. I think it's called Tough Titties, uh, about how much she struggled to get the words on the page and how, you know, it had been really hard to figure out what she wanted to do with her life at one point. And she said this, right? You've got to be a bit of a disappointment for a while, meaning Allow yourself to be a beginner. It's normal. Stop expecting to be the best in the game when you've only just learned how to play. Um, I love that little phrase. It's a kind of a different spin on something else that I'd heard by Kathy Heller, who is a massively successful songwriter from the States uh, with many other strings to her bow these days, including her own podcast. And a couple of years back, I did an online course with her. It was a lot to do with um pressing go on that dream you'd always thought about pursuing but you hadn't kind of had the courage to to do yet and she said two things I'll, I'll never forget right the first is that 
When you prepare to play bigger, you also need to prepare for the dip. Now, this means you need to be kind of honest with yourself about the fact that whatever it is you want to create, whether whether it's a new career, a change in your relationship, uh, creating an online course, like whatever it is, it's not going to be plain sailing and you will do things wrong sometimes. So more than anything, just get ready for those moments and have a bit of a plan in place. How are you going to bounce back when it happens? It might be that you have an accountability partner to bounce new ideas off, a friend or family member who can talk to you when you're finding it hard, or even just like a way to treat yourself that's going to kind of pick you up and get you back in the ring. Um, I'm thinking, I don't know, a really nice massage after I've fucked up royally would be amazing. (laughs) But the second thing she said that really struck, that really stuck with me was give yourself permission to be a C student. And it sounds so basic, doesn't it? But if you're anything like me and you spent your whole life trying to be the best and striving for the A grades um, and in constant competition with yourself, this is a really uh, different and new way of thinking. The concept is simple, right? A students often get so in their own head that unless the thing is perfect, they don't put it out there. C students, on the other hand, do enough to get things moving, knowing it's not the best, but giving themselves the grace to accept that and doing it anyway, because, well, progress over perfection, right? So if this is a hard pill for you to swallow, look at it this way. I'll give you an example. Two friends start making their own online course at the same time. One's an A student and is looking for precision, perfection, something she's immensely proud of and that's going to receive all kinds of positive feedback from her peers. C student, however, just wants the thing done. It's not that she doesn't care about the end result. It's just that she's not going to get hung up on all the small stuff. She can always change things around later on, but the important part is getting her course in front of her audience. They both need some photos for their website. So C student moves quickly using whatever resources she's got. So that might mean some decent selfies and a nice shot from her wedding last year and she uploads them. Good to go. A student can't find one she likes enough, decides to book a photographer to look super professional, forks out for a photo shoot and then procrastinates over a dozen or so images for a week. Meanwhile, C student has already launched her course and bagged herself her first sale. If you can identify with the A student, can I just say it's not our fault? (laughs) We've been conditioned from such a young age that we have to do our best and that any less is just unacceptable. So it is really difficult to change that mindset once we become adults. But here's what I've learned from being the A student. It's really good for exams, but it's just not that great out in the real world. When it's time to move on an idea, um, to take action and actually test something, it pays to be the C student. And if you can get comfortable with this, you will see so much more progress as you bring those dreams to life than the poor, high achieving A student who's still still procrastinating over her perfect headshots. And in the spirit of mistake making... I'm going to leave that one in and not edit it out. That's not to say 
don't have any standards. I'm not saying that at all. You still want people to buy the damn thing at the end. But there's a lot to be said for starting scrappy. I love that phrase, start scrappy. I wish I could have embraced this uh, concept many, many years ago, and maybe I would be a little bit further along than I am now. There's a lot to be said for starting scrappy. So it might just be a case of recognising those standards and then lowering them at the beginning just to get your idea off the ground, but going back and improving things later on. In any case, I do feel like it's my duty to point out that any failure is also an amazing opportunity. If you reframe it, which which basically means put a positive spin on it, failure is simply feedback. If you don't make mistakes, how are you how are you going to ever get it right? When you test something, you get data. You can then analyze it. You can analyze what didn't work and why and and those experiments are what get you hurtling towards the grandiose end result. It's not glamorous, it's messy, and as we've already established, you need to be a bit of a disappointment for a while first. I once heard a talk by Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of women's skin-sucking underwear, Spanx. Do you know what she said? Her dad turned failure into a game. When her and her brother were kids, he would ask them each week what they'd failed at. It was a silly, silly game with only one way to lose. Not try anything new and therefore not manage to fail at something. What a genius man. He managed to raise his kids believing that failing was so normal, nothing to be ashamed of and only actually significant in the context of having put yourself out there to try something new. I mean, it must have been one hell of a school to be offering all this stuff she could fail at so regularly. (laughs) But still, I love the idea that even before adulthood, the real meaning of failure had already been instilled in her. So when it came to trying things for her business, she'd already removed the fear factor and therefore a potentially big obstacle to her future career. I don't know about you, but I always find it so refreshing when other people are open and honest about their mistakes or failures. Not because I revel in their discomfort, but because at the end of the day, we're all human and mistakes are just a part of life. Let's begin to see them, talk about them, acknowledge them and normalise them. It's so easy to overlook this when we scroll through social media, um, which is why recently... A post on Instagram by an account called Inspired to Write really caught my attention. It was an honest account by Amy McNee of her failures in becoming a writer. So this is just an excerpt from the the post called A List of My Failures I Have Experienced on My Creative Journey. One, literally hundreds of rejections from publishing houses. Two, Still not a single yes from a publisher. Three. My first workshop had three people and we ran it at a significant loss. Four. I pay thousands to record my audiobooks, even though they don't make a profit. Not even close. Five. I had to shut down my Patreon because it was so exhausting and made me 20 bucks a month. Six. The first season of the podcast got a very small handful of listeners. 
I'd love to know how many, but never mind. And number seven, I racked up tens of thousands of dollars of debt whilst trying to write my novel and waitress. My parents had to help me with my rent and I felt like a failed adult. But she also says, none of these failures were full stops. None of these failures were terminal. These failures were my teachers, my lessons, my stepping stones to triumph. Do you know how powerful I feel because I know I can handle failure? Oh my God, I am unstoppable. Uh, I get goosebumps as I read that because I really feel it, you know. It's, um, yeah, I, I love I love hearing that take on it. This idea that failures are, are our stepping stones to triumph. I find that really, really powerful. Failing builds resilience and resilience is cultivated by putting yourself out there, by having a go, by making yourself available for rejection and brushing it aside if it does come. And on the subject of rejection, I've been following along with um, Liz Mosley's 100 Rejection Challenge these past few months. Now, Liz is a graphic designer who specialises in branding for small businesses and host of the Building Your Brand podcast. This year, she set herself a challenge to rewrite the narrative by getting rejected 100 times. The aim, of course, wasn't about... (laughs) the sufferance of being rejected, but was actually in making herself write those pictures, get visible, ask for what she wanted, you know, get get more comfortable with receiving the nose, which can I just add, might very well be a not yet, not necessarily a full out no, they could just be a not yet. And this also makes them feel a lot easier to handle, right? I actually got in touch with Liz and I told her about some of the little sayings that I use um, when I experience rejection and the first one was rejection is just redirection rejection is a gift that creates a shift rejection is a prize in disguise and the last one rejection is a sign that this one is not aligned and if any of those make you feel better about being rejected then feel free to take them print them out, stick them on your wall and use them. Finally, this episode wouldn't be complete without mentioning the brilliant Elizabeth Day, journalist, author of best-selling book, How to Fail and host of the podcast of the same name. She positively celebrates the things that haven't gone right and interviews guests on what failures have taught them about how to succeed better. It's so refreshing because How often do we really look at where people's stories went wrong? If you're keen to jump in and have a listen, I can highly recommend season 17, episode two, where she interviews Jay Shetty. I have a lot of love for this this man because he always has so much wisdom to share. And I, I don't want to spoil your chance to listen, but one thing he said really struck a chord. His attitude towards failure is that you just learn that it's unavoidable. It's not a sign of inadequacy, but an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to pivot or potentially a chance to say, maybe this is just not my path. It's also not a reflection of your worth or self-esteem. And I think that is such an important point to underline here. 
Right. That brings us to the end of this mini episode, this mini-sode about making mistakes and failing forward. I hope I've given you something new to think about when it comes to how you deal with failure or your fear of failure as you continue to rebel against the ordinary and choose a life you don't want to escape from. Remember what Amy said, it's powerful to be able to own our failures and you, my mistake-making friend, are not a failure. You are absolutely unstoppable. (laughs) Keep making mischief and I'll be back next week with another inspiring guest to help you think differently and get you doing more of the things that make you feel alive. Oh my goodness, you made it to the end. (laughs) You deserve a frigging medal for that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I'd love to hear what you think. So let's connect either on Instagram at Mischief and Hyde or by signing up to my newsletter at zoegreenhalf.com. If you did enjoy this podcast, please consider telling a friend or leaving me a review wherever you download your episodes, which will help my mission to inspire and empower more people like you to choose mischief over mediocre. Ciao. Elizabeth Day, author, journalist, and podcaster of the How to... F- 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 oh, fucking hell. Hi, it's Zoe, and I make a fuckload of mistakes. <laughs> what a knob.